I'm RJ Zimmerman, and this podcast is about sobriety and mental health, where we explore different perspectives into sobriety and mental health so that you can take something and implement it into your life. And with that, I've had a lot of people talk about how they're looking into the show and they don't really see a very great place to start. And that's what that, this episode's for. It's an intro. Who's RJ? Uh, my life, you know, what I'm doing, what untapped keg is kind of turned into what it started as honestly untapped keg. The podcast has been the most powerful, um, change incubator of change in my life that I've had. And this goes all the way back, right? Starting in my childhood. And it's helped me to explore that and accept myself. Uh, real quick, I am over nine and a half years, not drinking, sober, um, alcohol-free, whatever vocabulary you want to use. And before we jump into my story, uh, I just want you to know that whatever vocabulary you use, however you got sober, are trying to get sober, stop drinking, evaluating your relationship with alcohol, however you're doing it, that's the right way, the way that works for you. So if you try something and it doesn't work, that's not a problem with you. That's a sign. I need to try something different. With that, you know, you get into this lifelong learning. And when you get into this learning, things open up. You get to have fun. So, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, a small town in Wisconsin, just outside of Green Bay. And through my childhood and my school years, there were a lot of uh, stressors in life. You know, I was the oldest child. There was a lot expected of me. Um, I really wanted to please everybody. I wanted to be the source of people being proud, right? And so through that, I didn't drink and I tried to excel at sports. I tried to excel at schoolwork. Um, a lot of different areas where I thought that I would make people proud through this way, through that way. Um, didn't really look into myself in that. And so I didn't drink alcohol. I had like a Mike's hard here and there, but until my senior year was the first time that I got drunk. And I remember that feeling because it shut my mind off and I felt accepted by everybody in my class, right? My peers, um, my friends, I just felt more involved. And when my brain shut off and I wasn't, I honestly wasn't as critical inside as I normally would be that feeling I remember and the rest of my high school career, I didn't get drunk until after I graduated. And that was when it was like, okay, let's get this more often. Let's be accepted and go out and have fun. College years happen. I, I drank a lot in college. I went to school at a uh, university of Wisconsin school and notorious for being big drinkers. I mean, Wisconsin is a state big drinkers, right? I wouldn't drink. Actually, that's a lie. Every single time I drank, I got hammered. I drank all of it. And I noticed that I was going to have to change how I drank at some point because 
the way that I drank was unsustainable. I was fun, happy-go-lucky, except that everybody liked being around RJ when he was drinking. So I enjoyed that feeling. I enjoyed people enjoying me out. And I didn't realize how much like I was entertainment and I wasn't fully accepted. And I didn't really feel, um, I didn't feel like I was fun until I was drinking. So I moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm looking at my life and I'm like, okay, something has to change here because I'm working a job that doesn't have much of a future. I don't know what I want to do. Didn't graduate college because I didn't know what to do with the rest of my life after college with what I was studying. Um, I decided to go to high voltage line school and become a high voltage line tech. When I did that, I understood how I drank. And at that point I was not drinking often. I was probably 24, 25. And, but when I did drink, I would drink all of it. I think in line school, which was a year, I drank twice, maybe three times. And I don't remember those nights. I blacked out every single time that I drank. My last night drinking was a December night in my hometown. And I don't remember past nine, woke up with the feeling that shame, that internalized shame. Who do I have to apologize to now? I had a girlfriend back in Madison and I was like, Hey, I'm not going to make the plans that we had today. And I got a text back. Yeah, I wasn't planning on you being there. So, um, you know, it's all right. Just make sure you feel better and drive safe. And that hit me because it, people were expecting me to let them down. And I want, I'm at this point where I want to start a career. I want to start a family. I want the direction of my life to make sense, to have a direction in life. So I'm going to have to stop drinking. That was the last time that I drank. I had many bouts of sobriety before that of, you know, just like a month or two here or there and understanding that there had to be a change, but it took that moment and this decision. And then through being a stubborn asshole, I stopped drinking um, I did isolate myself for honestly three, four months where I only went out with people that I knew was safe. And that moment that I decided this is going to be my direction, I got a job in my career that I wanted to start. I got, um, started proposed to my girlfriend said, yes, like relationship really it was more stable. It was, I was more um, able to be there for like the commitment. And that was great. Now, what I didn't expect and I didn't understand until about six years later was that not drinking highlighted the disconnection that I had with myself. I went into not drinking like, okay, this is the answer to my problems. This is going to solve 
what I'm missing inside, what I'm lacking, my problems, this is going to make those go away. My life is going to take off after a little while. And sure, I can't drink and I can't go out and party, but my life is going to be fantastic from here on out. But it highlighted that void that was inside of me, that disconnection that I had with myself. And it took six years of not drinking and a, another major catalyst to happen in my life. And that was my wife coming to me and telling me she wanted a divorce. It was a few months after my youngest son was born and I was struggling at work. I felt like I wasn't wanted at work. I was unsure if, uh, I was unsure if I was good or honestly, I was worried about my job period. And then I would come home and I wouldn't know how to decompress. I wouldn't know what to do because I never understood my emotions. I never thought about them. I never looked inside myself. So this disconnect was really unreal. And then two kids under two had at that point with my wife and that kind of disconnection where the chaos that that throws the relationship into not being able to take time to understand yourself. And then I didn't want to worry or be a burden to anybody else. I just kept that internal. So people knew that I wasn't necessarily okay, but I didn't tell people how I wasn't okay. I was just this stoic person. I was never too high, never too low, reliable, always there, consistent, right? But there was a distance that was inside of me. And it was that I call it a void, but it was just this blackness, this, there was no conversation happening. It was just like, I was existing. There was that autopilot feeling. What do I have to do to get to sleep? Like when I woke up, it's what do I have to do to get to sleep? And it was, I didn't understand it. Couldn't have a dialogue of what was going on because I didn't, I didn't have any words, period. And it was really difficult to start the process of understanding what that really is and was. And when she brought divorce to me, it shattered everything else. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be going through life. I wouldn't say in pain and suffering, but not enjoying everything. Right. And then it was when my kids get older, my wife and I will reconnect and things will get better. We just have to get through these first few years where the hands-on time is needed and take the back seat. And that was wrong too, but I didn't know it at the time. thought I was doing everything that I had to do to be a good person, be a good husband. And that catalyst of her bringing divorce made me go to therapy, get diagnosed with ADHD, 33 years old, diagnosed with ADHD, and thinking that that was okay, now I'll be able to understand, like have my thoughts focus. Time will make sense to me better. Um, and then I'll go to therapy and be able to understand what I'm feeling and be able to talk to somebody about it. That was not 
the case at all because there was such a disconnect inside myself that I didn't understand that I couldn't explain to somebody. So they didn't know that this disconnect was there, that it felt like there wasn't much change. And so for a year and a half of that, I'm trying to be more open to be more mindful, but I'm not expanding my vocabulary and knowledge and understanding things, but I'm more present and I'm there and I'm, I am working, but it's slow to build things up. So a year and a half later, um, ex-wife and I decide that we're going to move across the country to Virginia to be in a better culture, to raise our kids in. And we're also, we also decided that we're going to move forward with a divorce. And that was me trying to give her what she wanted. And I wasn't being completely honest with myself, but I understood enough about myself that I knew that I didn't want the divorce. So I had to keep healing, keep growing, keep looking into these things. Well, we moved to Virginia and I decided that I'm going to do things for that are more true to me, accurate to me. And through that, I identified that I hated myself and the, how I did that was my kids got home. I was feeling low. I was not feeling, um, I mean, I was, I don't know. I was sad about my circumstances in life and my kids come in and they say, I love daddy. I missed you. I love you. And I realized, well, my first thought, this is what triggered it is that how can you love such a piece of shit? And I held the fact that my kids love me against me, against them. Because how can they love a piece of shit? I'm like, whoa, we're, I'm holding against my kids who are two and three at this point, that they love me? That's not okay. And that made me realize how much I really had this self-loathing and this self-hatred inside and how that informed so much of my decisions. And so I started to notice that when I looked at myself in the mirror, whether I'm getting out of the shower, brushing teeth, there's a slight recoil. Like I never noticed it before, but I realized that I hated the person that I saw in the mirror. Who is that? What, what an asshole, what a piece of shit. How can you expect people to like him, let alone love him? And that is when I started to change my self-talk. I started to expand my vocabulary, really understand emotions, feel them. And honestly, like define different words for emotions so that I could understand what I was really feeling and not just anger and pissed off and fine, right? So this journey that I'm still on was a little bit over a year ago that it's, it's really been taking off where I'm naming and explaining, and I'm able to have conversations with myself about what I'm feeling. This self-discovery journey that I've been on for three years has taken my self-awareness to another level. I was always very self-aware. I was, I understood 
how my actions affected somebody else. I understood that I wasn't always right. I accepted responsibility for my actions and I accepted that, but I never accepted myself. And so through this self-awareness, I've been able to identify the reason that I drank, the number one reason, I, and I said the word when I mentioned the first time I got drunk was acceptance. And it was that I couldn't accept myself. And so I had to drink to find that acceptance and turn off the piece of myself that was missing self-acceptance. And so when I understood that and I started to accept myself for as I am, for what's going on, giving myself compassion and grace for learning all of these things, understanding that I don't know, and I don't know what I don't know, I could start to heal these and understand more. But self-awareness can be taken to an extreme, which is where I took it for so long and you use it to keep yourself in a hole to dig yourself deeper to you should have done this better should have done that better and you can weaponize it against yourself you can weaponize it against other people too but you weaponize it against yourself so when you have that self-awareness and you have that balancing of too much self-awareness to too little. And you realize that you can look at life and enjoy it more when you hit that self-awareness to, Oh, I understand this emotion. Let's take anger. Am I mad? Yes. Why am I mad? Well, I'm actually frustrated. What am I frustrated about? Well, I'm frustrated about this morning. Because I dropped something on the floor and wasted it. How could I do that? Like, what a dumbass. What, how do I drop something? 36 years old and I drop something on the floor? Come on. Well, that's carrying through the day because I'm holding on to that. So that's what I'm frustrated about. Well, of course, it's okay to be frustrated that you dropped something and wasted it or broke it or whatever. Frustrated at my kids because they wouldn't get... Um, they wouldn't get ready fast enough. So I was late for work. Now that I know it's frustration, accepting that I, yeah, I'm frustrated. I'm human. Of course I'm frustrated. It's okay. And looking at it and sitting with it, now it's, it's past. Instead of it sitting, pushing it down, pushing it to the side, trying to get over it and not feel it. And it just sits there and things get added onto it. And it, hangs with me all day next time I'm frustrated I'm even more frustrated because it's on top of that fr earlier frustration no wonder why I was always frustrated and let's take annoyed which is another one that feels like anger and we get annoyed but we don't call it annoyance well what are you annoyed about well I'm annoyed because I keep getting asked the same question at work I'm annoyed because my kids won't give me five minutes to read this stupid email. I'm annoyed because I have to edit this fucking podcast. Okay, I'm annoyed. Of course I'm annoyed. Like, we don't have all the time in the world. 
we have little things that are, I want to do this, but I'm getting pulled this other way. Yeah, you're human. You're going to be annoyed. But when you are able to identify that you have that frustration or that annoyance and you can understand that's what it is and that's all it is and feel it, allows it to go. And, you know, this has to do with anxiety and excitement. They feel exactly the same. Thank you, Atlas of the Heart and Brene Brown for teaching me this. They feel exactly the same. What are you telling yourself about it? That's where like the inner talk, how you talk to yourself, your inner dialogue and me changing that from you're going to fuck it up. Dang it. I don't want to do this. Things like that. And I change it to I've handled all of the challenges in my life until this point. Why am I not going to now? And I wonder what I'll be able to do with it because I've taken these challenges and turned them into successes. So that creates more excitement, right? And instead of, I have to do this, oh, this sucks. It's, I get to, I get to do it how I want to. And then when you realize that you get to do things how you want to, it also allows you to do them more authentically to yourself. And we hear that authenticity word. What does that mean? And what that really means is, do you want to do something? Do you want to say these things? Do you want to like that sports team? Do you want to like sports to the point where it controls your entire day? Or do you feel like you have to? Are you doing it because you wanted to be accepted by your parents? You wanted acknowledgement from your dad. You wanted to be a part of your friends. There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But is that why you're putting so much energy into it and it's causing chaos in your life that you don't realize? So one thing about causing chaos in your life that I noticed recently, I knew it, but I didn't know it, right? wasn't on top of my mind. I wasn't aware of it. It wasn't in my consciousness. Every time my child for the first three years of his life told me he loved me, I didn't believe him. Every time someone told me they loved me, I didn't believe him. Every time my wife told me she cared about me, told me she loved me, she wanted me to be healthy, happy. I didn't believe them because I didn't want that for myself. So how could somebody else want that for me? They're just being polite. They don't really mean it. That's thoughts that went through my head, right? They have to say that. That's why they're saying it. How crappy is that? How is that a way to go through life? And then I turn around and say that I love them and I believe it with my entire being. But when they t tell me a compliment, when they tell me I'm a good person, when they say they love me and I, my reaction, what I do is, no, you don't. How could you? So I'm telling them they're wrong. Do I really love them if I'm telling them they're wrong? So 
when you start to give up alcohol and you start to look into the reasons that you drank this self-hatred, you can start it for somebody else. You can start it for, I stopped drinking because I want to start a family. Eventually it shifted to being about me. So with these emotions that you name, you name the craving you're, ha you're having for alcohol. Okay, what do I want to get from the alcohol in this moment? An escape, shutting things off, permission to stop thinking about work, stop thinking about the grief that you have. Okay, what is this grief? What can I do for myself that isn't drinking alcohol that would help me? Is it just putting on a TV show and shutting off? Is it scrolling social media? Is it having that sugary treat? And that's where this podcast comes in because before starting on tap keg and I started it with my brother-in-law Monte ball. I didn't have the words or the vocabulary and I've gone from, I don't drink to I'm sober. I'm an alcoholic, I'm alcohol free relationship from alcohol. Use whatever vocabulary you want to, but what it's provided me is an understanding of myself because I talk all of this out. There's a lot of times that I have revelations on an episode when I'm talking to somebody because I'm hearing it from them and I'm like, that works in my life. That's me. I've had something similar. I, I get that. I should look into that from that perspective. And it's helped me find different perspectives into my life where I was so tunnel vision, I didn't understand. And that's helped me to learn. It's helped me find people who can see things differently than I see them. And it's allowed me to tap into that. It's allowed me to find courage when I've needed courage. It's helped me to understand life, period. And without the podcast, it would have taken a lot longer for me to find these words, to be able to talk like this. This is not what I thought I would be talking like. You know, almost 10 years as a high voltage line tech, blue collar family, blue collar worker for so long. I would have never thought I'd be talking about emotions. I'd be talking about my drinking in this way. Talking about any of my struggles, my challenges, because that's not what we do. We just grin and bear. Life is supposed to be shitty. I'm supposed to be shitty in my life, but I'm supposed to help everybody else elevate. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's where I'll find joy and happiness in my life. But it wasn't the case. And life doesn't have to be shitty. You don't have to go through life suffering. You don't have to go through life only elevating other people. And the truth is when you elevate yourself, you elevate everybody else around you. So as I've learned about myself and I've been able to take things about myself and understand them deeper. And I understand ADHD, how my mind works, 
because of ADHD that I have. Okay. It's not an excuse. What it is, is finding and understanding of why I might struggle with something more than somebody else, of how I relate to things that other people relate to differently, of being able to bridge gaps with people in my life. Understanding my attachment style so that I can look at when I'm feeling chaos inside, when I'm feeling disconnected, the cause of that, the deeper cause of that. I can look into what may have been the underlying root, right? I honestly felt that the people I cared about the most, the people I was closest to, their suffering was because of my existence. And that is a deep core belief that I'm actively working to undo because it's not true. But that's what I've had. That's the source of my self-loathing. My existence is why those closest to me suffer. That is sad, right? But understanding and accepting, that's taking your power back. That's, it's powerful to be able to not dwell, not go into something with and create resentment, to not be stuck and ruminate there, but just have this understanding of, shit, that's why I hate myself. So now, is there truth in that? No, but I have, you know, basically the way that I operated was making it be true. And that is, that's really difficult to move through. And that's really difficult to come to a conclusion about that. And, you know, it really is about accepting your present so you can forgive your past and create your future. And by accepting your present, you're accepting the emotions of it, where you're at right now. How can I create a future that I want? Not by thinking about the past, not by dwelling there, by understanding who you are right now, by understanding that you want more from life, but you don't understand how. And if you can't have a conversation with yourself about what I'm feeling right now, this chaos, this churning inside, if I can't find words to describe that, and it's just, there's not even a conversation happening in here, it's a sign that you're disconnected from yourself. And I was disconnected from myself. That's why I drank the way that I drank. And when I stopped drinking, it highlighted that disconnection, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I didn't understand. And as we're learning more and it's becoming more popular in society, there are ways to be able to understand it better, to make better metaphors and analogies and find how I can make this work for me so that I can create a better life a life that I want to be a part of. I don't want to run from.
And that's what untapped keg coaching is all about. You stop drinking. You've been sober for a week, three months, a year, three years, six years, 10 years. And you still look in the mirror and you're like, who is that person? What somebody asks you who you are and you have no words. That's where I was. Well, it starts the self-discovery so we can connect with ourselves. Cause that's what I was yearning for was connection. And I thought it was with others, but it starts with us. If I'm not connected with me, I can't connect with anybody else. I can't connect with my kids, partner, spouse, family members. If I can't connect with who I am and I don't understand what it is that's going on, I just know I'm uncomfortable. There's some discomfort. There's chaos. So I'm just going to be mad because I don't know what else to do. I feel this pain, but I don't know what that pain is. I just know it's pain. And I'm not allowed to show emotion. So I'm just going to be frustrated and angry and have a short fuse and be frustrated and angry because I have a short fuse. And then be frustrated that I'm frustrated and angry. And why can't I change? Why is something wrong with me? When there's nothing wrong, we have this tendency to want to be all or nothing. This tendency to say, I was really mean and I screwed up that conversation. I'm a bad person. I deserve all the bad fucking shit that's going to happen. You made a mistake. We allow other people to make mistakes. Why can't we make a mistake ourselves? Well, I'm hard on myself because then no matter how hard somebody else is, they can't be as hard as I am on myself. Okay. Who's your friend? Do you have a friend that can be there to prop you up to say, you're killing it. You're crushing it. I can't believe you're doing all of the things that you're doing that you can talk about with. Not really. Well, why can't your inner dialogue be that for you when you need it? And then you'll find somebody that you can actually talk to and not get sympathy, but get compassion and then be like, hey, look at all this stuff that you're doing that's incredible. And just remind you, shift that perspective. It's not about always being happy, always being positive, always finding joy. I can't feel this way. I have to feel positive. I have to feel happy. It's not about that. It's about understanding that your emotions are human. And when you can find that understanding and give yourself that, it's easier to accept. And then you're not going to sit in the self-awareness of, I should do this better. I should be perfect. I should know it all. I should be able to do it myself. That's something I still struggle with, that I should be able to do it all myself. So if you are looking for some guidance on your self-discovery, some different perspectives. To be able to look in the mirror 
and understand who you are. Go to untappedkeg.com. Follow all social media on Tapkeg. Send me a DM. And let's find a direction that you can start this self-discovery journey. Because after alcohol, turns out it's just the beginning. That is a hard part. So let's expand your vocabulary. Let's understand what you're looking for from yourself. And let's figure out how we can get there so that we can accept the present, forgive the past, and create the future that we want. Together, we get to learn, explore, and discover who we are instead of who we think we're supposed to be. So that's the short version of my story. I'm glad that you're on this journey and I'm happy to be on it with you. If you like this episode, rate it five stars on the platform you're listening. Share it with a friend that you know could understand it and that you know could use it, could use these words, right? Share it with somebody. And let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because if we don't make it, we tried. That's all we can do in life is try. I love you.